0: welcome to this time of worship with faith christian reform church in elmhurst i want to begin uh, our our hour by wishing the moms out there uh, a happy mother's day weekend what would we do without our mothers i'm quite sure that um that society would totally collapse if they were gone suddenly And so we want to say that we love you. We're so thankful for you and all the sacrifices that you make and all the ways in which uh, you show your love to us. Faith's weekly bulletins continue to be online at our website. There are Any number of ministries still going on through Zoom, virtually, and you can get information about those. Um, Also, there are some prayer items, both needs and praises, that you'll find in our bulletin every week to inform your prayer life and to be praying for the church family, both for needs and reasons for thanksgivings. One bulletin announcement that we'd like to highlight is about Uh, the one that highlights our graduates Uh, we're asking in these next couple of weeks or so uh, for you to contact us at the faith church office for um, your eighth grade graduate high school college if someone in your family has an advanced degree uh, we'd like to celebrate those milestones of god's grace in your family's life with the church family through a bulletin announcement through Uh, acknowledging them in worship sometime in the next few weeks, too. So please let us know about your graduate, okay? Let's go to God in prayer as we enter into worship. Father, we pray for your blessing on your church everywhere and on Faith CRC and on those gathering virtually in this hour to praise your name and hear your word. God, during this service, may the faithful be strengthened, may the wandering and careless be awakened, may the doubting find increased faith, may the anxious be calmed, may the tempted find relief and help, may the grieving find comfort, may the weary find rest. May the strong be renewed. May the elderly find consolation and encouragement. May the young be inspired. May we all give you glory in this hour, Father, and be filled and given energy by your Spirit for loving service in our homes, in your kingdom, and anywhere we have influence. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, brothers, and sisters, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord through the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to sing praise to our God, great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing, let's worship. We're going to join together now in a time of lament and professing our faith. Uh, from, this is from Psalm 42 as well as Psalm 103. Please join in and participate with this reading. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your
1: God? These things I remember as I poured out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng.
0: Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God.
1: My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. The Lord is compassionate and gracious,
0: slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve
1: As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more.
0: But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and
1: remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all.
0: Amen. Please join me in our uh, morning prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in this time of worship and in prayer as your dearly loved children. We acknowledge, we confess That though you created us as your children, we were orphaned from you by our sin. We ask your forgiveness for the ways in which we have let you down, Father. We're so thankful that you did not let us go off on our own, but you went after us. You pursued us to bring us back home. You sent your only son, Jesus, our Lord, to be separated from you through death, though he never ran away from you, but yet he came. He sacrificed himself on the cross for our sake to win us back. Father, we thank you for your love demonstrated in Jesus so that we could be adopted into your family. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who seals us and keeps us in your love and care always. Bless us as a congregation and the church everywhere as we seek to live in and out of your love in these days we always need your wisdom to live for you day by day but the need for you feels more urgent in these trying times so come be near us we pray lead us guide us along the way lead and guide our church and give wisdom in particular to those called here to be servant leaders We give you praise and thanks for all our blessings. Thank you so much for the arrival of little Jack, born to Mike and Julie Spielman and their family. Bless them as they care for and disciple three young children now. We pray a blessing on all our families with children at home. Help those who have the time to be able to spend it in a starting or a renewing of family devotions, if that's what's needed in that home. Or for those who have already been committed to that, I would pray that they could go deeper and that those family times in your word these days and talking about your word and praying together could be even richer. Give us the will as parents and especially as fathers to be doing this, Lord. Help us to show concern not only for our children's physical needs, but also their spiritual needs, so that they might grow up strong in you. Help us as we seek this and and desire this, and forgive us for all the times that we fall short in this as parents. May your grace prevail in our children's lives and cover over all our shortcomings. We also give you today thanks for our moms, May they know our love and yours and the challenging work that they are called to day by day. We remember and give thanks for mothers you have called to glory and who we miss dearly. We ask that you give encouragement and your special care to mothers who mourn on this day a child that you've called to glory. Or those who aspire to be a mom, but that has not happened for them. Help us all in the circumstances of our lives to trust in your care, that as hard as life can be sometimes, that your care for us is best, and that it's better than anything we ourselves could have planned out for our lives. On this weekend, keep all of your children in the palm of your fatherly hand, and as you receive our praises, also meet us in all our needs. We lift up the Quarta family and their challenges with cancer and treatments. We pray for healing and for wisdom for their doctors. Bless anyone dealing with COVID-19. We pray for Judy Valtzma and Lambert and Judy Bronger. We pray for them for healing. As we think of the virus, we ask that you'd continue to give strength and energy to healthcare workers caring for patients with covid Keep them safe and well, we pray. And we also continue to pray for our government officials that they might make wise decisions. And now, Lord, hear us as we together pray the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, As we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right now, we're going to sing a couple of songs praising God for his grace. congregation for steady giving, not only in March, like we already talked about, but also through April. It's beyond what we would have anticipated, and it's very humbling as pastors, as elders, and as deacons to see this generosity. Thank you. As we've been highlighting needs in our general fund, the Benevolent Fund, and the Timothy Tuition Assistance Fund, there's been response and giving to all of those funds and even more than those funds and to other ministries beyond our church as people have been giving generously and, and as they've you've been giving as you feel led to give. Uh, the deacons do want to once again emphasize that if you are in need, if you do have some financial constraints and con- major concerns, these days don't hesitate uh, to reach out to your district deacon or to any deacon they are eager and ready to support and give help in whatever way they can there are um, so many bible verses about giving i thought i'd share one second corinthians 9 verse 7 each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And then this promise, and thinking about it in connection with giving, Philippians 4, verse 19, My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Once again, we thank you for the generosity for your giving and, and, and for your prayers during this time. Right now, as we prepare to hear God's word, uh, we're going to sing together a prayer. Breathe on me, breath of God.
1: beginning a new sermon series this week and we'll be focusing on the book of Ecclesiastes in this sermon series. Ecclesiastes is a relatively short book in the Old Testament and it's it's a hard book to understand. There's some difficult parts of it and the message is a little challenging to get at. So it's often a book that we as Christians politely ignore. But it actually has some really important things to say to us, always but in our situation today especially. And there's some ways that Ecclesiastes, with particular power, points us to the good news of Jesus Christ. So we'll be digging into that book over the coming weeks. Today we're beginning at the beginning with the first 11 verses of chapter 1 of the book of Ecclesiastes. Hear the word of the Lord. The words of the teacher... Son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does a man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. We're going to walk through this text with a couple of questions and then answers today. And we're going to begin with the question, why? Ecclesiastes. As we read through those first few verses of this book, I, I suspect some of you might have thought, well, that's depressing. Why, why is that in the Bible? And, and is it really a Christian thing to talk like that? I mean, to say everything is utterly meaningless? Ecclesiastes as a book often has, has a bitter taste to it. it. It can be dark and depressing. It's, it's so troublesome that actually in the couple centuries around the time of Jesus, the Jewish rabbis had a pretty intense ongoing discussion about, about whether Ecclesiastes really should be treated as part of the Bible, if it should really be read and studied, or if they should, should kind of take this book and, and just quietly store it away, not get rid of it, but just, just put it away and ignore it. It's a hard book but it's in the Bible, and so we have to deal with it. And and so we're going to ask to begin with, why why deal with this book? Or perhaps the better question is, how does God intend to speak to us through this book? What is the point? Why, Why did the Lord inspire this particular set of writings? Now let me give you a story that I think opens up how Ecclesiastes intends to speak to us. My high school youth group liked to play capture the flag and and one of the youth group guys lived in a really nice house in one of the Denver suburbs and and he lived on this road that was split and it was a two-lane road on each side and then in the middle there was this big greenway or parkway. I'm not sure how big it was. I would guess maybe 30 feet wide, maybe a bit more. And it had nice, you know, smooth grass areas and a lot of trees and some bushes. And it was kind of like this long, narrow park between these two pretty busy streets in this nice neighborhood. And one day this guy talks the youth group leaders into playing capture the flag for a youth group event in that greenway between the two streets. So we go over and it's kind of dusk, you know, late in the evening and And we play capture the flag in this parkway between two streets with lots of bushes and trees around and with, frankly, inadequate adult supervision. I mean, what could possibly go wrong in this situation, right? So we're playing capture the flag and I I sneak over to the other team's side and I, you know, go behind trees and bushes and I figure out where the flag is and I grab it and I start sneaking back and a couple people see me and they yell, hey, he's got the flag! So, I just take off in a straight line, running as fast as I can, and I think I'm going to make it back across the line and win the game. And as I'm coming close to the boundary, there's this bush and tree over there, but I think I'm all right. I get past it. The people who are chasing me can't catch up. And one of them yells, Hey, Byron, he's coming. And let me describe Byron to you a minute, just so you have a picture of, of what this looks like. Byron's about six foot, maybe six foot two, probably weighs a couple hundred pounds, football player, really muscular. He also, he's a high schooler, but he has sideburns like out to here and hair that goes out like this. So he's probably six and a half feet tall, if you include his hair. And he's been standing in front of that tree in that bush, just kind of making sure no one crosses the boundary. So he hears, Byron, someone's coming. And he, without thinking, just reflexively throws up his fist. And his fist is right at the level of my face. And I'm straight lining it. And all of a sudden, Byron's fist and my nose become very closely acquainted. And then I'm laying on the ground, wondering what just happened, staring up at the clouds and the stars, and Byron kind of looks down at me and says, huh. And one of the people who was chasing me comes up and grabs the flag and then takes a couple steps back and says, are you all right? And I just kind of groan. And then finally, one of my friends on my team comes over and says, dude, we've got to do something about this. Let, let me help you up. And they bring me inside the house and they get me some ice and we start icing my nose and getting some Kleenex out to deal with the bloody nose. And, and they work to help me feel better after getting knocked flat on my back. Well, Ecclesiastes is a book... That comes to us when we've been knocked flat on our backs. And it comes and it it looks down to us and it says, let's talk about this. Let me help you. Let, Let me help you see the light. So we pay attention to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is in the Bible because it's a book that calls us to real wisdom. This is a book that tells us how to live when life just ain't right now verse 1 is talking to us about it talks about this teacher and this teacher is the one who's speaking to us throughout the book and in hebrew that word for teacher literally means one who calls people together it has this sense of of an authority figure of a wise man who who calls and who gathers people together and there's even this sense of gathering people to reflect on the word of the lord and our title for the book in English, Ecclesiastes, actually goes back to that word. You, you may have heard the word ecclesia or the word ecclesiastical, and those are words that refer to the church, but they all have these roots back in the sense of being called and gathered together. Ecclesiastes is a book that's about calling calling God's people together to give us wisdom for living Wisdom for living in times when faith is difficult. And there are times when living in faith is difficult because we're too well off, because we're prosperous, because things are going well and we feel like we don't need God. But there are also times, and for many of us they are more numerous, when when holding on to faith is difficult because life is hard, because we've been smacked in the nose and knocked to the ground and we're lying there looking up at the sky and And just stunned and wondering, what what do we do next? We are tired of staying at home. We're exhausted by by all the things going on around us in this crisis. And we're worried about all the things that we've already lost and all the things that we're going to lose or that we might lose. And, And we're flat on our backs these days in so many ways, looking up and wondering what to do next. And that's where Ecclesiastes comes and meets us. And Ecclesiastes comes and says, let me let me, from God, from the word of God, give you some help, give you some wisdom to navigate these difficult times. But this teacher, this book, starts in a strange place. It starts by saying in, in verse 2, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And we read that and we might think, okay, everything is meaningless, what do we do with that as believers? How does that square with belief in a good God who made the world and who cares about us? How how does that make sense? And so for our second question today, I want us to reflect on on why is everything meaningless? But I'm not actually going to use I'm not going to use the word that the NIV uses there. I'm going to use the original Hebrew word. And the original Hebrew word is hevel. Hevel. And hevel is a really, it's a hard word to translate because it has a lot of meanings. But that word is used 40 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. So it's a word that if we get hold of it, we'll get hold of where Ecclesiastes wants us to go. So the NIV translates that word as meaningless. Some older translations like the King James translate that word as vanity. Vanity, vanity. Everything is vanity. And then there's some other other translators, some other commentators who want to translate the word as as vexing. Everything is, is this strange mix of annoying and perplexing. Or everything is fading or everything is uncertain or everything is enigmatic. There's a thousand choices of ways to translate this word, and, and you know, we don't need to just settle on one of them, but I think the best way to get the sense of the whole picture is to go back to the literal meaning of this word. And what Hevel, what Hevel literally means is breath, smoke, vapor. When we go on cadet campouts, it seems like the mornings are always a little bit colder than they should be, but if you unzip your tent and, and you step out and you breathe into the cold morning air, your breath comes out as a cloud. You can actually see your breath. And then at night, when we, when we make a campfire, and, and it seems like no matter where you sit, the smoke chases you around, but... But there's that smoke, that thing that's there, but not there. And inevitably, on these cadet campouts, it rains, so, so you can look up at the sky, and you can see all the clouds that pass overhead, and, and they come and they go, and sometimes they stay. But there's that vapor there that's there, but not there. Breath, smoke, vapor. These are real things, but the more you try to get your hands around them, the more they slip through your fingers and disappear. If you try to grab hold of them, they'll they'll just fade away. Everything is Hevel. Everything in this world is real, but but as we try to grab hold of it and hold on to it, it, it so often slips away. This weekend is is Mother's Day weekend, and and make sure you celebrate your mother as much as you're able to, but but the thing is that life goes so fast, and holidays sometimes especially remind us of that. Some of us, well, some of us had mothers who really didn't seem to care for us that much, and it's, it's hard to know how to relate to them, and some of us well, we've, we've wanted to be parents, we've wanted to have our own family, we've wanted all those things, but, but it didn't happen for us, or it hasn't happened yet, and it all seems like everything is just fading away. And even for those of us who are fathers and mothers, life, life goes so fast. Even if we have the family we dreamed of, we, we blink and the years stream by. One day you're, you're holding your first child, and they're so small and so, so wonderful, and, and then you take a breath. And then your kids waist high, and, and they're bringing you these crammed Mother's Day cards and saying, Mommy, I love you, I love you. And then you take a breath. And then you have a surly teenager who's taller than you and they wander through the kitchen on Mother's Day and all you get is a sort of grunted, Hey, Mom, thanks for being Mom. And then you take a breath. And then you, your child is handing you a grandchild and saying, Happy Mother's Day, Grandma. And life goes faster and faster as we go on. And, and you take a breath and suddenly you're you're old and you're drawing nearer to the end of your life than, than the beginning. And, and you, wondered where all the t- you wonder where all the time went. Even at its best, this life is hevel. It's a breath that comes and goes. But why does Ecclesiastes emphasize this? Why is this word repeated so often? What, what, what does this book want to lead us to? And here's the answer. Here's the answer. Grasping heaven sets us free to live. Let's go back to that evening of capture the flag. A bit later in the evening, I'm back out there and it's gotten even darker and, and I'm holding Kleenex to my nose and I'm kind of being a lookout, which means I'm just standing around and trying not to get smacked in the face again, basically. But that gives me a great seat to, or a great place to stand. I wasn't sitting. A great place to stand to watch as, as a member of our team, James, and he's this skinny little middle schooler, but he's fast. And he's gotten way back on the other team's side and he's found the flag and he's screaming back as fast as he can, but he's getting kind of close to the street and people are closing in on him and I can see his thought process that that if he dodges to the right and he takes about five steps in the street he's going to get around a tree he's going to be able to hop back on the parkway and he's going to be able to shake off all the people who are pursuing him but what I can see and what he can't see is there is a car coming behind him and it's coming fast and I have one of those moments where where it feels like something is about to go terribly wrong and time is slowing down and yet there's nothing you can do. And so I watch as James makes that cut to the right and then big old Byron comes blasting out of the bush in front of him and and he runs and he makes this lightning move and just as James is about to step in front of the car, Byron just barrels into him and, and they both go flying and do a somersault and and they both sit up and kind of shake their heads and James says, Ouch! And Byron just stands up and yells, Did you even see the car? Did you even see the car? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Well, sometimes it comes to us when we're down on the ground, but sometimes it comes and it knocks us over and, and it tells us that life is heaven, because it wants us to get it wants us to get that if we proceed on the same course we're on, that our life is going to get wrecked. And that's that's the point that verses 4 to 11 are, are trying to make. They they go on with different images. They say, you know, the sun rises and the sun sets. The wind goes round and round and then comes back again. The streams run down into the ocean and then back up and around again. And it all just goes around and around and And none of it stays put and none of it's permanent and it doesn't last. And the message Ecclesiastes wants us to hear is that if we build our lives on anything in this world, anything under the sun, we will be wrecked. Nothing in this world can get us what we really want or what we really need. And no matter matter what move we make, no matter what kind of dash we make for that thing that we think will finally complete us, all it's going to do is leave us empty and wrecked. It's Mother's Day, and it's a great, great day to celebrate, but, but you know, even if we make our lives all about our families, about, about the people we love, about arguably the greatest goods we can have on this earth, well, that's still heaven. Our parents, well, none of them are perfect, and all of them mess us up somehow. And we who are parents, we we aren't ever able to give the ones that we love everything that they need every mother every father every person on this earth is imperfect and all of us and all of our things all of our possessions all of our jobs everything that we have and everything that we are everything under the sun is hevel it's here and then it's gone And Ecclesiastes comes running up to us and knocks us down to get this point across to us, not to hurt us, but to help us. Ecclesiastes tells us this so that we don't build our lives on these these things that are just smoke and vapor, on these things that will pass away. And Ecclesiastes does that because it wants us to really live, to really find life. On that parkway, big old Byron didn't tackle James to be mean or or to cause him trouble or because he was mad at him. He he knocked him down to keep him safe. And that's that's sometimes what God's word has to do for us and to us. It has to come to us and tell us, look at all these things around you, and and they might look good right now, but but they aren't going to last. They aren't the foundation that you want to be building on. Under the sun, under the sun, Hevel is a curse. Under the sun, in our lives, in this world, everything passes away. But when we, when we step back and we look at the world from the perspective that God wants to show us in His Word, that transforms this Hevel from being a curse to being a gift, Breath, breath, the passing nature of things, well, it becomes a gift from God to us. And I want you to listen carefully for the next couple moments here, because it's going to be a little bit much to absorb, but, but it's really important. If we go back to Genesis 2, the Bible tells us that God formed Adam, formed the first man out of the dust of the earth, and then the Lord breathed the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. The Lord gave Adam, and the Lord gave each of us our lives. And so our lives, well, while they are passing in these days, they have incredible meaning each and every moment because they are a gift from God the Father to each of us his children. And then when we ran away from God, when we turned away from him and, and we tried to make life work on our own and what we found was spiritual death, well, then the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came. And Jesus Christ lived as one of us. He, he walked and ate and, and breathed and lived just like one of us. And then Jesus gave up his life. He breathed his last breath to bring us to eternal life. And because of Jesus' work now, the Lord has sent his Holy Spirit. And spirit is in that same realm of words. Spirit, wind, smoke, breath. They're all in the same neighborhood. God God sends his breath upon us. He is present with us. The breath of God brings us to life and gives us eternal life and shows us that that the Lord is present with us. Apart from God, hevel, breath, smoke, vapor are are good descriptions of our lives and that could lead us to despair. But when we see all this in the perspective that the word of God gives us, what we see is is that breath is the joy of the human condition. When we accept that life is a gift and that we can't earn it and that, and that it's not all about us, then we are free to live in the joy of the moment. The tighter we try to hold on, the more we try to, to grab hold of life and make things go our way and be in control and act like little gods, the, the more it slips through our fingers and eludes us. But when we can let go of that and accept this life as it is, a gift from God, then we are set free. So today, on this Mother's Day weekend and always, I hope that you are able to celebrate the gifts that God has given you. To celebrate the gift of life, of each day, to celebrate all the things that you enjoy in life and all the things that you you found to bring meaning. And especially if at all possible this week to celebrate your family, your mother, or or if you're in one of the other generations to look the other way and celebrate children and grandchildren, I hope that you are able to find joy in the passing of the seasons and in each gift that the Lord gives us. And even if your earthly family is a wreck and you don't feel like there's anything to celebrate there, you can celebrate belonging to the family of God. You can celebrate that you have been given life in Christ. And, And that the Lord cares for His children forever. Ecclesiastes calls and gathers us together before the face of God. And the teacher tells us, breath, breath. Everything is just a passing breath. Everything under the sun passes away. But at the same time, the Lord never passes away. So take a breath. Take a breath and enjoy the gifts that God has given you. Enjoy the gift of this day. Enjoy the gift of the eternity that that Jesus Christ has, has gotten for us as our Savior. And enjoy the gift of God's breath of the Holy Spirit in your life here and now. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And from beginning to end, the love of the Lord is with his children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you speak to us in every situation of our lives. And Father, we pray that you use this text from Ecclesiastes and, and the other text that we'll read in the weeks ahead to, to speak to us when we're down, to help us to see how even when life is confusing and we don't know what to do next, how there is still meaning and hope and life and breath in you. And Father, for those of us who are on the wrong course, who are in some big way or small way running away from you, we pray that you catch us, that you tackle us, that you knock us down, that you show us where we're going wrong and you open our eyes to to the beauty of life in you. Father, we ask that you give us more of the breath of life. Give us more of the Holy Spirit. Help us to draw closer to you. And we pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In response to God's word, let's sing the song, Be Thou My Vision, and let's sing this as both a prayer and an expression of our commitment for for us to truly look to the Lord for all things. Let's sing together. Now receive this blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of His Holy Spirit. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.